Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 66 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Was that okay for you, Jacob, since you were good. just harassing me that I didn't have enough energy today? You did have, that meet your needs? It, it did. You, you brought it. You have got, you have inspired me now, Michelle. I'm just going to sit here and creepily smile at you for the rest of the time because that's what you deserve. That's what I, that's what I come here for every day. So, Jacob, important question in your world. This is just to show you that I care. Have you seen your movie yet with ants and hammers? I have not, but I'm going to see it this weekend, and I have managed to avoid the spoilers that are I feel like the permeating. internet's being really nice, aren't they, and not spoiling it? Surprisingly, considering a leaked copy of it got out, like, two days ago, and then it released in England yesterday. So, yeah, I'm very happy that the people have managed to keep it off. If you don't know Jacob well, we're talking about Endgame because he loves all things superhero. I do. I do. It's my favorite genre. This is is our Star Wars, our original Star Wars coming up Wow. I mean, think about it. So, Marvel Adventureland here is ending. Game of Thrones is ending. Star Wars is ending, ending. Mm -hmm. This is a terrible year. It's it's a definitely a transition for the nerdiest year, that's for of us all. Yeah, that's sad. But you're going out with what a bang though. What a way to go out. Yeah, I hope the new Star Wars is good. It looks like it'll be good from the trailer. It looks like it's well, going to be edgy. Tra- trailers have never deceived us before. Not so. at all. They are 100% infallible. <laughs> well, um, so as a little treat to you again, much love for you. Oh, I I always feel it. I watched a superhero movie. Yes, you did, and I'm I, proud of you. I did it. Thank you very much, and. I loved it. Nice. So let us talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The Academy Award winner this year for Best Animated Movie. So I remember when we had people calling in to talk about movies that they loved, we had a caller say that um, Spider-Verse was the best animated film. It should win Best Film. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, sure it should. But okay. So... Yeah, let's get into it because I'm really excited to talk about it. So the basic premise of the story is there's a teenager, uh, Miles Morales, and he becomes Spider-Man of his reality. Yeah, his so dimension. So it's different dimensions, and he crosses his path with five counterparts who are also from other dimensions, and then they all kind of have to stop a threat, um, which kind of it threatens all realities. So... I feel like this is the most groundbreaking visual style. I mean, it feels like the first of its kind that I've ever seen. Oh, we can talk about the visual style all day. It looked so beautiful. Like it was like a mixture of video game and anime and hand. Yeah, like, it was. It was hand stuff. sketched um, and computer created. It looked like a comic book. It looked like a watercolor painting. Like it looked like every art form and, thrown into one. And all the Spider-Men from different universes all had a different art style to them as well. So like they all visually popped and they were all separated from each other. It was so well vocally cast. I mean, Jake Johnson, um, if people aren't familiar, he was in New Girl. He pops up in some indie stuff now and then. He was so well cast. Oh, he was great. Like, his voice was a dream. He He, was as bored. And his comedic timing was, like, right (laughs) on the the note every single time. I I do love animation, so I think that's really the only reason that I had to see it because I kept hearing it was kind of a different style. But, no, the story itself was really great. They managed to, like, breathe new and thrilling life into a movie that has just been done. 
Do you know what I mean? Like Spider-Man's been done a million times, but this was like really, really fresh. And the characters are drawn so distinctively that they're always compelling. And they managed to, yeah, they've got a new Spider-Man story out there. They made fun of their origin story being told over and over again by oh my using it to great effect to introduce all the different Spider-Man When characters. he did the dance that Tobey Maguire did in that terrible Spider-Man, I was like crying. I oh. was like, hey, I actually saw that. I was like, I get that reference. That's like, you did do Captain America on that one. Yeah. And you care about the characters because they don't, like in a lot of superhero movies, like they don't feel like just cogs in the machine. Do you know what I mean? Like, they just feel all really, like, their own character. Um, and I was really vested in yeah. it. I really love this movie. V- very unique feel to all of them as well, which is always good. They all brought something different, but all the same. They're, and like, the same personality, but different personality. They had a time. real eye for detail, too. Like, there was little things that we'd catch and be like, oh, and this. Like, because Miles is in um, a dimension that's definitely different from our dimension. Mm. But, like, the little things that would be changed... Like, did you see he had a Chance the Rapper poster on his wall, but he had a four on his hat instead of, like, a three? I did not realize Yes, that, no. and then I saw, like, in the beginning, I caught quickly, like, when they graded his paper, and he got a zero. But the date, it was, like, december or something, or it was, oh. like, combining two months, because I was wow. already like, what is that about, before no, I, I understood, and then I was like, oh, it's a different... Oh, no, I didn't even realize that. I'm going to have to go back and take a look at some of that stuff. See, I was all over I got, it. I got the, uh, the rental for a couple more days, so might as well. Okay, so I would say to people, like, this is coming from someone who does not like superhero movies. Um, this is just an all-around great flick, like, two thumbs up. I also like... Uh, any time that I can sneak a little Nick Cage into your life and not even have you realize it till you're it in is true. The movie. As soon as he started talking, I was practically crying with joy. I was like, "Of course he's there," and, <laughs> like, and, and he it was so great. appropriate. Yeah, he is fabulous. He plays a noir Spider-Man, and he has some of the funniest lines in the entire movie. It's so funny. It's just so great. His obsession with Rubik's cubes—I was dying every single time that they brought that little joke up. It was just. Fabulous. No, it was it was really great. That's definitely a movie like I'll take some time away from it and then I'll watch it again and I feel like I'll be just as excited as the first time. And you'll be noticing other stuff too and can't wait for the sequel. Like they had some great stingers and a great sequel Oh setup. yeah, because they had some, of course, post-credit stuff as always. Apparently Endgame doesn't have any post-credit well, stuff. Well, it's the we'll end of the game. S- we'll see. We'll see. I don't you'll know. Just, you just sit there all night, Jacob. Maybe it's just like 30 I minutes d- after the credits. you got to be just, the one. I just might do that. <laughs> I'm going to be there long enough, like in for a penny, in for a pound. In here for three hours anyways. Bring a blankie. Yeah, I'll be good. Cozy. Um, okay, but so since um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was so awesome, it got me thinking about just other animated films that we really love. So we should talk about them. I agree. So just a note, let's not talk about any um, like stop motion claymation yeah. Ones. We're going to save that for a separate one because there's so much good stuff in that world. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on those. So let's 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 uh, Yeah, I mean, we can do a whole episode on those. We can do a whole Wes Anderson. Yeah. We can do a whole Miyazaki, but I do have one that's going to sneak in because I love it so much. I couldn't not. But yeah, let's do animated films. Are oh, you ready? Oh, mm, mm, you bet I am. I like, did you do a little club sound I there? I did. I had to add a little beat. <laughs> You're doing the vocals. I'm bringing the melody. It's See? I'm totally awake now. There we go. See, Thanks, we, we've done it. Okay, so my first is my all-time favorite fantasy film um, from 1982. I want you to guess it. What, what's going on in 1982 that was hot? 
Uh, I was a year away from being born, so that was pretty oh awesome. Oh my god, I forget that you're just a baby. I wish that was the case. <laughs> uh, what if I told you to involve mice? Does that help you? Is it, oh, is it the rescuers? No, but oh, that's a great movie. I was close. Bianca, I was close. um, it would be Secret of Nim. Oh, Secret of Nim. Mm, I, I love. Forgot about that. Secret of Nim. So Secret of Nim came out in '82 because. Um, Don Bluth was really frustrated with Walt Disney Studios' reluctance to produce full-length animated films because they were doing like the short ones. Um, so, an, so a number of animators and him left the studio in the early 80s with the intent of creating movies in the style of Disney classics. Um, and then The Secret of Nim is the first film that Bluth produced after leaving the studio. Oh, you know, I don't think I don't think I've seen that movie in. Gosh, a really long oh, time. Oh, I like own 15 it. Years. You can just watch wow. it all the time because I truly love it. It's adapted from the Robert C. O'Brien uh, children's book, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. And oh, I didn't so, realize it was a book. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, yeah, super famous kids book. Oh. So what it's about is, I mean, it sounds crazy, but truly this is a great movie coming from an adult here. But it's about a widowed mouse whose home is threatened. Um, and then one of her children is gravely ill. So on her way to find help, she discovers Nim which is a secret society of highly intelligent rats who have escaped um, from a nearby science lab, and then they end up helping her protect her family and her home. Oh, okay, listening. So this was that time period I feel really lucky to have grown up in where children's films were dark. Yeah, for uh, sure. We're talking the time, you know, there's Labyrinth and there's Last Unicorn and Legend and things like that, so... But it's such a well-told tale, and I feel that these movies really respect their young audience because they don't tone down the subject matter. No, it's like, yeah, like another one, like Land Before Time was another one. It's just like there's... It's, Absolutely. It's definitely a kid's movie, but there is some dark, heavy stuff going on that like sets up the entire plot and keeps it going forward. It gives them like an actual purpose you can relate to. Do you know I read that's like a biblical movie? What the land before time? Yeah, like it's a it's a Christian undertone the whole film. That's I have to like go back and watch it to really get that. I thought like dinosaurs were like anti Christianity kind of deal. No, I think they existed. They just existed oh, more well, recently. We'll have to do some research. I, think, on. I, 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 mean, I did, I I did not hear that about the land before time. Something actually. for us to look up for next time. Yeah. But it's just such classically detailed animation. I feel like the way that they drew the characters, they have their own individual personalities, and I've loved this movie since I was a little tot. I love Don Bluth animation. Like anytime I see him his style, I know exactly what it's gonna be. And yeah. I'm like, I, I like this style of animation. This yeah. is like what I grew up watching. It, it feels comfortable. Yeah, it's like it feels like the classic style to me. I mean, it could be a little harder for kids now because stuff is so crisp and, and clean and it's just totally different. Well, this almost feels more two dimensional than actual two dimensional things on TV, but Yeah, they might actually like that though. Like I think I think pace. it could because the story is just so good. So, Secret of Nim, it's standing the test of time. What's oh, next over so there? So, <clears throat> I'm going to go with a combo movie, like a hybrid. Uh, the next one I'm going to go with is the 1988 classic Who Framed Roger Rabbit from oh, Robert Zemeckis. I love Zemeckis. that movie. We got half animation. I, yeah, I went back and forth whether this should count, and I decided, you know what? If we're going to do animation, we got to bring this on here. Uh, so I have seen that movie so many times. I have seen it a bunch, too, but I haven't seen it in a while. But, like, oh, I, it's just, it's such a classic Classic movie. Yeah. So the movie stars, um, what the heck is that guy's name? Bob, Bob Ho Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. He's That's playing it. Eddie Valiant, and he is hired to find out if uh, the wife of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> who's a cartoon. <laughs> who's a famous cartoon character in this world. Uh, his wife, Jessica, is cheating on him. <laughs> 
And the movie's set in 1947, which I think is a great little masterstroke uh, to kind of like enhance the whole otherworldly feel of it. Besides, of course, the fact that there's cartoons walking around. <laughs> Besides and that. There's, it eventually gets around to where like there starts to be cartoon murders going on, and there's a whole subplot involving this judge who's just trying to crack the whip on tunes <sighs> because they want to like open up a doorway to Toontown to merge. I oh. just love that like human real people get attacked by cartoon weapons. I mean, they did a really good job acting because the, you know they couldn't see any of the things that were supposedly happening like, to, to them until post. This is one of those movies where I like practical effects are in. It's a, this is why you have them. Yeah. You have these cartoon characters that were obviously added in post production because cartoons aren't you know real. So <laughs> uh-huh. then I know I'm disappointed about it too. <laughs> but then like the timing of it, everything just syncs up so perfectly. Uh, the voice work in this movie is just it's the best thing you're going to hear pretty much it's just dead on they created an entire new character in Roger that is and Jessica as a matter of fact who are now just iconic in their own their own way yeah and then you realize that this movie was made on only a 30 million dollar budget which is crazy when you think about some of the budget you can't you can't make even a mid level movie no that's actually point. that's pretty that's pretty shocking and I think Jessica Rabbit was the first cartoon like babe to exist I think you're right there because she <laughs> definitely she definitely started a trend there and she's still quite a thing it's a it's a favorite of the early 20s Halloween costume that's for sure oh and I just remember Betty Boop's in it and she's still black and white and everybody's well, in color I mean <laughs> it's so dumb but I love it let's just think of all the studios that got involved here there was Disney Warner Brothers uh, Fleischer Studios um like kind features Turner Felix the Care Productions and Universal all yeah, wow. gave characters to be in this movie like you would never be able to get that done no not for uh, not without a billion dollars like the only way it was done and I guess it's the same ready player one thing was like Steven Spielberg uh, Frank Marshall and uh, Kathleen Kennedy the three of the me- mega producers in Hollywood to this day all kind of like came together to make this get this movie off the ground because it was kind of like dead in the water for a while there um, but it's just there's something for kids, adults, everybody yes. to love in this movie. Like I can't. Do you remember when he orders? He's like, "Scotch on the rocks," and I mean ice, because <laughs> nope. otherwise it would have came with rocks. Yep, and you know you could just you could feel off screen the bartender being like, "Aw, <laughs> I was so close." All right, that's a good call. I I love that movie forever. Um, okay, so the next one I want to bring up, I feel like I don't know, like no one ever talks about this animation. Animation. <laughs> just no All right, yeah, you can just end it there. <laughs> nope, didn't stumble. Um, are you familiar with The Secret of Kells? See, no, I've never even heard of that before. Oh, okay, so this is Tom Moore's Irish animation, something that was drawn with just painstaking reference to the Celtic myth and the medieval manuscripts, the Book of Kells. Do you know about the Book of Kells at all? No, but I'm okay. listening. I do like Celtic myths. Everybody Google the Book of Kells. I think it's the most beautiful book that's ever been created throughout the history of this planet, I'm going to say. Okay. So Is it close to the Book of Kenan as well? I don't know what that is. It's all that reference. See, I am old. I can make early nineties. No, you're just you're just garbage. Um, okay, <laughs> so what the animation's about? It's in a remote Irish woods. Um, oh no, I don't know how to pronounce the character's name. It's been so long. Uh oh. Kellick, Kellock. What do you think? Looks real Irish. Oh boy, not even gonna try. I, <laughs> okay, I'll, well, I'll Brent, give you a pass on that one. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson voices the character. What? How old is Brendan Gleeson? I mean, he can do a young person's voice, My and he prepares a fortress for an impending attack by a Viking war party. All right, I'm listening. So, unknown to him, his young nephew, who has no taste for battle, works secretly as an apprentice 
um, in the scriptorium of the local monastery, and he's learning the ancient art of calligraphy. And as the Vikings approach, an illuminator arrives at the monastery and recruits um, this young apprentice to complete a series of dangerous magical tasks. I'm going to say that this film is stunning and truly, I think, the most beautiful animation I have ever seen. Really? Yes. Like the most beautiful. That's that's heck of a praise right there. It's unbelievable. I mean, again, if you look up what the Book of Kells is, you'll kind of get an idea because the book is so beautiful, and then they just kind of mirrored that in the film, mm-hmm. copied the same style. Hmm. It's fantastic. I don't know why more people haven't seen it. I think that, you know, if you're into art or... I don't know, history, anything really, you're going to love this film. Oh, all right. I'm going to have to check that one out. I yes. do. I very much enjoy like Celtic myths and stuff. I think so. you'll, I think then you'll definitely love it. All right. See, okay. look, you're educating me over I'm here. trying. I picked some of my favorites that maybe, you know, people kind of forgot about or haven't seen. Well, you've succeeded doing that marvelously. I feel successful. Thank you. We still got more to go. Oh, my goodness gracious. Keep going. <laughs> Ugh. All right. The next one I'm going to go with is the 1978 ultra-violent classic Watership Down. Another favorite. The Violent Bunny movie, which, okay, I know that's the that's what I'm going to put it. This movie is a lot more than that. But I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was I did not expect, like, Oh, how no, you're intense, definitely, you're damaged when you see it. Yeah, how intense this movie is. Uh, so it is based on the novel Watership Down by Richard Adams. And it is, to sum it all up, it's basically a group of rabbits trying to survive after their home gets destroyed. So they're trying to find a new place to live, mm-hmm. um, but that brings them into conflict with not only humans, but other groups of rabbits um, as they go through it. And then there's just like, oh, I, like, I don't even know how to describe well, it. Well, like, so it's the one rabbit has premonitions. So he like leads them right. away before their land gets destro- destro- destroyed. And then, you know, kind of sees that these other rabbits are up to no good. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a battle but between them and just trying to really live to survive in this world that man has taken over. Have you seen that they made a mini series of it on Netflix? I did, and I I guess it's good, but I got a little weirded out by the animation style of it. Oh, um, the animation style looks so real. That's part of the problem. I'm like, I know it's an intense story, man. Like I remember when I saw the uh, this original one from '78. Even though it's a very cartoony look, like it has like a darker like they use darker colors in it so yeah. it kind of gives it a more grounded realistic feel and then when like the rabbit attacks or rabbit battles start happening they get like really serious into like scratching and bite damage oh no it's super serious in the remake i really loved this little i think it was like four parts or something on netflix it's also really well vocally cast but i think you'll like it i mean it was really well done I'd it like, was it was moving yeah i liked the original one like i was surprised like i i remember when somebody suggested it they're like hey you want to watch a movie about rabbits i'm like not really and then they <laughs> yeah. put it on but then, i mean i will yeah i was like i guess if you, it's nothing else to watch but then I got into it, and then I was like, man, that is a lot more serious stuff going on there. And I knew it was a book, so, you know, check them both out. I get a companion piece book going. Is, book is really good, too. I recommend all, all of them. Right. But you're right. That old film, it's great. Check it, check it's it out. It's intense <laughs> stuff. Definitely can see I'm going in the more adult end of our adult of I mean, I feel like spectrum. I am, too. But that just shows, like, you know, people who are listening, like, Check out animation. Like, maybe it's something that you forgot about. It's still really great. You're dang right. Thank you. I like this. I like when you approve of me. Okay, so the next one I'm going to recommend is The Triplets of Belleville. Oh, Did man. You see that one? Yeah, I haven't, that's another one I haven't seen in a really long time. That's wow. it. With another cool art style. Super cool art style. Um, the film follows an 
elderly stories. Really weird. So it follows this, this elderly French woman, Madame Souza, and she becomes involved in in international intrigue when her grandson, Champion, Champion. well named, is a professional cyclist and he's kidnapped and taken abroad. So she's joined by her dog and embarks um, on this journey uh, to find Champion. I see what you did there. Embarks with her dog. I, I hate you. I didn't even. <laughs> um, and then she stumbles across these unlikely allies in the form of three sisters who are veterans of the vaudeville stage. Um, and then tracking down Champion's uh, criminal captors, these women use their wits to, you know, win the day. This movie is just creepy and eccentric and odd and totally delightful. It is such a weird movie. Like, we're not even doing a great job on how to describe this movie. Like, it just... So, okay, this is how I describe it. If Tim Burton met the Marquis de Sade, met Lance Armstrong. <laughs> wow. That's the film. There's a fun dinner party, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. I want to know it. But, Mark. I mean, it's definitely, like, it was really underrated. It might have been, like, a nomination... Um, back in the day for the Oscars, I'm I'm honestly not sure. I'm sure it was. It's probably like I don't think they had animated, so it was probably like best foreign. I do remember seeing something it in the Oscars. popping up. I definitely, for some reason, remember it being. It up has at the great Game music in it, but really, it's the visual style and just the oddball, quirky story. It's highly recommended. I think that's in a. I think it might be even be based on a comic strip or a book or something as well. Oh, is that so right? I think it might be. So that I'm not even sure of. Come check it out, everybody. Yeah, definitely you, check you out. You Trump definitely want to get your French cyclist stories down. <laughs> you do. I know. I definitely. I'm a little short in that one. <laughs> okay. All right. So speaking of movies that were Academy Award surprising Academy Award ones, oh, I'm going to go with South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. <laughs> Probably the greatest joke that ever the MPAA completely missed when they released a movie. They just didn't know. They didn't realize what Bigger, Longer, Uncut meant. And then, like, when it got released, Matt Stone and Trey Parker were like, I can't believe they approved the title of that movie. But they did. So, South Park. Everybody assumed when this came out, because this was like, man, the show's been on so long. It's been on, like, 27 years now. But this was at about the 10-year mark. It was still a big part of pop culture. But everybody... Still kind of thought of it as more like a fart kid show. Yes. As opposed to what it's morphed into now. This was the movie that basically changed everybody's perception on it. Um, so the ba- movie is basically about the boys. This movie, the Terrence and Philip movie, comes out. Uh, and it is super R-rated. Kind of mirroring the whole South Park. <laughs> super R-rated. It was a hard R. Hard R on that one. Kind of mirroring what this movie was doing because this one as well had that same thing. Um, but basically... Ipso facto, it being a um, musical, some of the best songs in the South Park canon are in this movie. But it basically leads to a war between the United States and Canada that is being used by Saddam Hussein and Satan to get them back from hell to take over the world. (laughs) Can I just add a little anecdote here? So um, my dad at one point had gone camping with my brother, who was 14 at the time. And then they were like, oh, there's a movie at the drive-in. That South Park cartoon is up. Like, we'll go see that. And my dad was just like, I took him to see it, and the movie just ended up being Saddam Hussein and Satan having sex. Yes, <laughs> he's like I, graphic he's sex. He's like, too. I just had like my my head in my hands, like watching this film, I mean, as my brother was just like laughing uncontrollably at the awkwardness. Like I don't think people really got that this movie. Was definitely the way that they took it all to another level of their. They did had the R rating on there, so they could basically say and do whatever they want, and they took complete full advantage, mm-hmm. knowing that there was going to be parents taking their kids to this movie, 
and not expecting that they're going to have to like cover their kids' ears and eyes the entire time. I mean, it's really funny that these are the guys that right now in Buffalo, the like amazing show, The Book of Mormon, and it's the same people that created that. Tony Award winning and anecdotally from the time, uh, it was actually number seven in the Best Picture like nominations. It was almost up for Best Picture, which is a crazy thing to think about. <laughs> and they still make jokes about how mad they are that they did not win the best song because they were nominated for best song at the Oscars. They lost to Phil Collins for Tarzan, which to this day is like, what are you was serious? their song? Uh, Blame Canada was the one that was up oh, for Blame Canada. <laughs> which, I love that song. It's great. And it got, <laughs> it was performed by Robin Williams at the show uh, live. <sighs> It, it, looking back, I cannot believe that it did not win. They still make fun of the Academy Awards for that. They're like, how did we not win the Academy Awards? Just that, remember, listeners, if you're going to watch it, have fun. Do not watch this with your children. No. Make sure the kids are out of the room because <laughs> Don't do it. it's great. But, man, they're, you're going to have to explain some stuff. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go from dirty to absolutely heartfelt um, because I want everyone in the whole world to eventually watch The Iron Giant. Oh, my God. Right. That's such Are we, a great I mean, we movie. might tear up talking about it. So this is an animation, um, animated adaptation of Ted Hughes' Cold War fable. So it was a story beforehand, but it's about a giant alien robot who is voiced by Vin Diesel. Friend of the show. <laughs> Barely. Um, and he crash lands near the small town of Rockwell, Maine in Man. 1957. Does anybody getting more money for doing less vocal work than Vin Diesel? He did the he, Iron Giant. He's Groot now. The dude, it's uh, fantastic. He is just wh- killing it yeah, by doing to, nothing. Way to go, man. So exploring the area, a local nine-year-old boy who's Hogarth discovers the robot, and then they form an unlikely friendship. And but then this paranoid government agent becomes determined to destroy the robot. Um, so Hogarth and then some friends must do what they can to save this very misunderstood machine. This movie is so tender and beautiful. It's such a good animated movie. Like people still talk about it to this day with reverence. And I think kids enjoy watching it, but I think parents get more out of it than children. Like as an adult, you realize that it's really like an allegory about power and politics. Um, misunderstanding and it's just it's just gorgeous it's very simple animation but it really fits the tone of the film and this, it's definitely one of my favorites forever and this movie was a box office failure when it first came I out know, so that's crazy to me like people it's gained a following since then it's definitely picked up in esteem it's kind of like Shawshank Redemption in that way like nobody went to see it when it first came out but then once it hit like the VHS market it's true was then all it, about it lives it. forever um oh man that's such a good movie I haven't it's seen such it in a, a good while right? kind of makes me want to go back and find it I'm sure you it should. wouldn't be that hard. It's available at all 37 branches of the library, everybody. I mean, just I was going to say, walk over 10 feet to the room with the movies and you can take it home today. Yes. So. And I think I might do that. Okay. What else do we have? We'll do maybe one or two more. Yeah, we're we're always, pushing it. As always, we're running out of time. So I guess I'll go with the 1981 based on the comics movie Heavy Metal. Um, have you seen Heavy Metal? I don't even think I've ever heard of it. You've never heard of Heavy Metal? Oh boy. I mean, I've heard of Heavy Metal in general, but no, not the animated film. So now we're talking about, when you're talking about adult animated movies, I think Heavy Metal is the template that people come to in terms of American uh, animation in that style. Okay. So it is basically the story of this orb called the Loch Nahr that finds the last of this lineage of warriors, this girl in... I am modern-ish America. It's like a farmhouse. And it basically is an anthology story telling her of all the times throughout history that it's influenced um, events. And 
It's just so hard to describe exactly what this movie is. Basically, an anthology. Once of different you said comic orb, stories. I was in. <laughs> yeah, it's a science fiction. It's based on the heavy metal comic books, which were, you know, they're still around today. They're a whole little Ralph Bocci kind of uh, Franz Fern thing. Do you know what those are? Like the old no. sword and sorcery kind of paintings. Okay. Um, oh yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's basically a, a bunch of stories about that. Uh, the soundtrack. Is heavy metal? It, well, the theme song is heavy metal by Sammy Hagar and stuff, but they also have like Blue Oyster Cults in here. Oh, okay. Uh, Open Arms by Journey makes an appearance here. This is a really hard movie to describe if you haven't seen it. I'm actually surprised that you have never even heard of it because it is a pretty much a classic for most people. Wow, so um, I'm just a big dummy. Thanks, Jacob. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> we can work on it. Nobody's perfect. Uh, so it basically stars John Candy as one of the main voices, and he does like three or four different voices throughout okay. this movie. John Candy, Harold Ramis, Eugene Levy all have roles uh, in this movie. Um, just go check it out. Like I don't even want to describe or like build it up too much for you because it's going to be so weird when you see it, and you'd be like, oh, I can't believe I never heard of this movie. It seems like something you would have seen by now. Yeah, totally. Okay. And check out the comics, too. They're all pretty fun. I'll do all the things that you instruct me to do. All right, I'm going to throw one more in quickly. Look at that. I didn't even have to waste my Miyazaki. We'll just save that for the Miyazaki episode. Be- beautiful. Because I, I want people to know about the 1973 film Fantastic Planet never seen that never saw it no i've seen the cover for it a million times but never seen the actual movie i mean see that surprises me because not only is it surreal and lovely but it is not every stoner midnight movie that can stand a second viewing in the sober light of day i feel like and most this cannot. movie does does it really yeah oh, that's good to know it's a film that should seem dated but it really doesn't it's a it's a weird storyline, so I'm just gonna. It follows the relationship between the small human-like ohms and their much larger blue-skinned oppressors, the drags who rule this planet. You know, yada yada. It's, you it's can kind of, of see the stories. way that, that that's building up. You know, it's kind of will they find a way to coexist? Will they destroy each other? It's gorgeous. It's really unique, and like I said, it, it it's the surreal aspect of it just adds to it and I think that's why it's still around today and people still want to watch it because it's really lasted. It is one of our higher circulation uh, animated movies. So yeah, like I cool. said, it just, it, it should seem dated, but it really just doesn't. It still feels really good. So I'm surprised that you haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's just kind of like, I didn't know what to make of it. It's one of those ones that has a weird cover art, and as we always know, that's how I picked it. Oh yeah, it's got movies. a big blue alien Yeah, a big blue alien it, just so. staring off into space. I'm like, that's a little awkward, but alright. No, I'll have to check it out. I'm definitely something I've been curious definitely. about. And now that I know that you're giving it your seal of approval, I'm all over that. Sealed. That's me licking the apple. Did Whoa. that work? That's a gr- <laughs> we're going to have to save that little sound bite. <laughs> I think we found. Can we just wrap it up? Just end the show. Start think, doing plugs. I think we Please. just found our new theme Start song. Just that, put that on a loop. <laughs> okay, so everything uh, that you hear on All Booked Up is available at all 37 branches of our library. If you put a hold on them and have them sent there. Right. And we have a bookmobile that's going to come driving around, bringing it right to you. So, you know, stop by. Let us know what you want. We'll get it for you. ASAP. And please follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod. It's uh, it's cool. We're talking about cool stuff on there. You get to talk to the both of us, mostly you, because everybody's like, oh, too many gifts." When well, Jacob's if it's doing if it's sensible, it's me. If it's just weird, it's Jacob. I mean, just that's our it. that's our function on this show. Is <laughs> oh, okay, so some quick 
animation facts. They're mostly Disney-based. I hope that's yeah, okay with that, you. That's where most animation comes from. And since it's coming out soon as a new movie, The Lion King. But did you know that that was the first truly original Disney cartoon? No, actually. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the first animated film to feature a completely original storyline, as in one that was not an adaptation from a pre-existing story. Although, as I read this fact, I feel like it's just 100% Hamlet. <laughs> so I feel like that's not even totally true. I mean, true. it's definitely Hamlet, but it's not like a one-to-one, -one, I suppose. Yeah, so they kind of came up with it on their own. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll take it. It kind of blows that up. but. Did you know that there is actually a psychological disorder known as the bad Bambi complex. No, but I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, so as we know, Bambi, the cute little deer whose poor mother got shot and killed. In the face. In the face is also <laughs> the namesake of this other, I mean, it's not an officially recognized complex, but it's out there. So people affected by the Bambi complex are very sentimental and sympathetic towards wildlife and wild animals. Okay. They have very strong feelings against hunting, controlled fires, and other inhumane treatments of animals, especially the cute ones. Yeah, <laughs> only the only happens to deer. I don't think they're hanging out too much for the ugly animals. <laughs> oh, look at that thing. Ooh, kill it. No. <laughs> so, Bambi Complex. I hope you don't suffer from it. And this is my favorite bit. That <laughs> for some viewers of Beauty and the Beast, oh boy. the voice of the beast was Jackie Chan. What? Yep. What are you talking about? Jackie Chan dubbed the beast's voice for the Chinese translation of the Beauty and the Beast, including the singing. And oh, don't, oh my God. don't think that I would let you down and not end the show with it. So we're going to say goodbye, ladies and gentlemen, as I take you out with Jackie Chan. I am, I am shaking with excitement right now. I got to tell you, I never heard this. So. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 人影怕流